You just live for this time of year. Penn State football kicks off in a week's time. Saturday is the first game, and one of the most important parts for this show, who's going to be at the game? Who's showing up? I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That's what these guys are going to be telling you. Ryan Snyder looking angelic today. Uh, I don't know. What is what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> I love it, though. I love the highlight. It looks like you've got some effect on your camera. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I'm trying to figure that out now. I don't I don't think I we just were backstage this, and it did not look like this. What happened? I don't know. I don't know, but I had to restart my computer totally uh, off the rails to start the show. I had to restart my computer because I was in black and white and purple for some reason uh, because my camera now just did that. Yeah, so I think that's just something in the a bug in the system today. Anyway, who's showing up at the game? We'll be talking about that later today. Sean Fitz, Blue White Illustrated Publisher, with us as well to give a, a lowdown on all of that. Guys, how are you doing today, Fitz? How you doing on game week? It's all here. Great. Just fantastic. Uh, it's game week. I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's uh, just been looking forward to this one for a long time. I mean, West Virginia, you get the regional Off aspect and running. Of Let's see. Night, what do we got here? Ryan, are you available? Oh, I'm here, boys. I'm just trying to make my stuff look normal. Go ahead. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, we, we totally froze up there for a second. Fitz, uh, please restart what you were saying. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I, I think that was on your end, I guess. Um, but no, I'm very excited. Uh, it's going to be a good time. The regional aspect of the game has me excited. The night game aspect has me excited. The visitor list, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, has me excited. It is an exciting day. And uh, it, it's just uh, football's finally here. What, what else can you say? We're going to get into that at the end of the show, but we got some Friday night lights action that we all consumed. Ryan was out in Ohio making a very long trip on Friday uh, to go out see and see Ethan Grunkmeyer. Uh, so before we get deep into it, Ryan, how was the trip and, and what did you take away? Just again, broad strokes of what you saw from Ethan playing. Uh, I, I've been describing them as Ohio power Medina. Is that fair? Like Medina's, Classically, a very good football school, right? Yeah, they certainly have been in recent years. Won 11 games last year, won 13 games the final year with Drew. And Owen Tangy smacked them. Uh, honestly, they were never – I mean, it was it was, it was was always pretty clear that uh, Grunkmeyer and his squad were going to come out on top of that one. But just like when I went to Iowa to see Jackson Smullick, this, the, they were so – Similar, it was kind of scary. The week before, Grunkmeyer, right, throws 400-plus yards, 500 yards of total offense, five-plus touchdowns. Smolik did the exact same thing. I'm like, okay, perfect. We're going to get out here. We're going to have, you know, uh, an air raid show. I'm going to have all these clips. And then they ran the ball 50 times for 250-plus yards. So, you know, we didn't get quite the uh, the stats, the highlights, all that good stuff. Uh, but there was still a lot, lot to take away from it. I mean, I can kind of roll into just kind of my general thoughts. That I, I was really impressed with his arm strength, and and we saw that with Elite Eleven. But it just it's more natural than I realized. I guess I yep. guess if that makes sense. I mean, he makes these 35, 40 yard throws look pretty effortless, and and that's I I, I knew that, but I didn't quite realize to that extent. Uh, I also think his footwork has really continues to improve. That's a that's another major thing. And then I didn't realize. I knew I knew he could could move with his feet. You know, we knew he ran a four seven and all that stuff. But um, boy, there's a couple highlights in there where I mean, he makes some linebackers look pretty silly. Uh, so just was was impressed with pocket presence and you know able to make plays out of nothing. He was sacked a couple times. You know, if you look at the stats, look at the highlights. Uh, I think only really really one of those sacks I would really uh, 
say was his fault. He had interception too, and my God, the safety made an incredible play. I really, T. Frank, you asked me about that the other day about like, yeah. was it the safety or was it Gronk? No, that was the safety. I mean, I don't think uh, I, I think that's a completion more often than not, um, you know, against other teams. So, uh, just very, very impressed with the, with the arm strength, the footwork, being able to make plays out of nothing, and uh, looking forward to seeing him continue to impress here in the weeks ahead. Uh, pretty soon. Maybe, well, pretty soon, Ethan Gronkman, you see him on the Penn State football field. You know, still a couple years from now, but he is in the next class to commit to Penn State. Uh, guys you could see at Penn State this coming weekend, guys like, I don't know, Drew Aller, Nick Singleton. Do you, do you have a place to stay for the game? This is a really important part of uh, the game day experience and the game weekend experience, and we're excited to tell you about Alum Lodge because you could stay at an Airbnb. You could stay at a hotel. I mean, hotels are ridiculous uh, in, in price, but you could definitely stay there. Or you could stay here in this amazing house in Toft Trees, which is beautiful inside and outside. And you could have a concierge customized experience to your game day weekends. Maybe you want to have certain wine for your tailgate. Well, they could probably get that for you. You want to get a local uh, flavor in town. You can get that, and that's with our show sponsor, Alum Lodge. Alum Lodge, they just they deliver a customized service to meet unique needs of each guest stay, and uh, you know want you to come back and stay at the house again. This one, by the way, this is the the new one they uploaded to the site recently, so you get to see some of their other properties other than the one in Belfont, the horse farm that I've been telling you about that I kind of wish I could stay at. Uh, this one. Uh, is I believe this is the Toft Trees house. It is beautiful, immaculate. They have multiple locations across uh, the the area. I would say Center County, but really across uh, State College, Belfont, right where you want to be. You're not going to be staying out in Center Hall as much as I love Center Hall. Like these these are going to be like 10 minutes from the stadium. You can have your game day experience, and also you can stay in amazing luxury. So book your Alum Lodge stay right now because it's coming up this weekend and use promo code BWI to receive 10% off your booking. That's 814-424-3266 or alumlodge.com. I can't spell, so I'm not going to spell it out for you, but alumlodge.com. Live spelling, not a, not a thing I really want to do. Uh, so check them out. Appreciate them being a sponsor here of the show for the 2024 or 2023 season. So let's get back to Ethan Grunkmeyer. You mentioned we'll throw up his highlights here. Uh, driving all the way out to see Ethan Grunkmeyer. One of the things that I, that I noticed from this game, um, just in terms of, Ryan, you, you go to these games where teams are deciding, hey, Jackson Smolik isn't going to beat us. The, the game you went to last year, they played, I think, eight or nine in coverage. And this game, for the first two games of the season, they, they've been playing press man coverage. They're bringing five. They're saying that you're either going to throw the ball quickly or you aren't going to throw the football and Medina really put the pressure on him, five-man rushes. So they kind of took him away from the game. So if you look at the the stats of this game, you know, he was involved in the rushing game, but the passing yardage, a little bit lower than you might expect, under 200 yards. But as you mentioned, here are some of those plays that uh, the elusiveness and, and uh, just talk again about, like, his performance in person that maybe doesn't match up with the stats that you saw from this past weekend. Well, I mean... First off, I think, you know, three or four drops, one of which was a, a clear touchdown pass. Uh, yeah. 16, what do you finish? 16 for 23, 180 yards, two touchdowns, uh, one passing, one was a, a sneak for a score. Uh, easily could have been 240, uh, probably should have been two touchdowns. Uh, one thing I'll notice too is, you know, for when he does overthrow guys or 
um, you know, what's the best way to put it? He's always putting the ball in the right spots, right? Like he, he's putting it where only his guy's going to get it. No one's going to intercept it. Uh, like I said, he had one interception. I don't know if you you included that in these highlights, T. Frank. So like the, yeah. the okay, yeah, the safety makes just an incredible play, uh, and and that I, I didn't really fault Grunk for that uh, a whole lot. I mean, he makes a diving one-handed tip and then somehow comes down with it. So, you know, credit credit to that kid. But, um, yeah, just, just making smart decisions, I think. Uh, this was a game where they never had to force it. You know, Medina came back uh, in the second quarter, made it look a lot closer at halftime than the game really was. Uh, so what does he do? He comes out in the third quarter, leaves an excellent drive. Again, a lot of rushing uh, in this game. Uh, but when he was asked to make plays with his feet, to make plays with, with the ball or make plays with his arm, uh, he came up clutch multiple times. I think he had three fourth down conversions in this game, uh, including one that you just saw there. So uh, just smart decision making. Uh, again, I mean, I, I really was impressed with the arm strength though. we don't. I mean, like some of this, like this ball here was, was, was the touchdown, but you know, there was a couple others, man, where he has some really nice fade passes. And yeah. uh, you know, if he has another receiver to maybe just run a little bit harder on the route or read it, read it better. Um, you know, those, those 30, 40 yard fades are probably going to be closer to uh, three for five instead of one for five, which is what he was for this game. Uh, you talked to him after the game, uh, I believe. So what did you, what did he have to say? What was your conversation with him? Uh, we were just catching up about the basic things, right? I mean, how much he's progressed over the last years, uh, early season results, what is he excited about, those kind of things. I mean, I don't want to get into all the details because I want our fans to go read it, obviously. Uh, but he's he's very happy with with where they're going. I mean, this is a team, Olin Tanji hasn't had a winning record in a couple of years, right? And, and they're off to a 2-0 start with two quality wins. Uh, th this is a, a chance for them to really make a run this year. So I, it was a lot about just kind of how excited he is here uh, moving forward, how much Brad Mandler's helped him with his progression. Uh, we talked a little bit about recruiting and, uh, you know, what he's done to try and recruit guys. I mean, he, <laughs> it, it was, he, he kind of says that they, he thinks they're a little bit closer to being done uh, than what you and I have been predicting, Sean. We, we still think that they can add a couple more. He feels like they're uh, closer to being done, uh, with, at least with the offensive side. So we'll see where things go from there, but uh, you know, just, just kind of the basics on his progression and, and what to look forward here in the months ahead. Fitz, everyone looking forward to the S zone of the season. Super excited Great. in the chat. First rule of S zone. Don't ask for an S zone. Um, Grunk <laughs> really, really good. Um, the first couple of weeks is what, what I've noticed with him is his feet are always under him and mm -hmm. that might not seem like much, um, but it's not just in the pocket. It's, it's not just scrambling. It's, it's running in the open field. Um, balance is an elite trait that we don't probably talk about as much for what well, a lot of positions really. I think we get caught up with like slot receivers and running backs and things like that, but it, it's so important for every position and he's, he's got it like to go on top of that, uh, with that, like four, two shuttle or whatever he ran uh, at that camp a couple of weeks ago, like kids, an athlete and he's a functional athlete. Like he's not, uh, he's not a robot back there. So that's good to see. Um, you, you like to see his feet under him, you know, just, for the throwing aspect of it, but just in terms of, of, of the playmaking aspect of it, I think that that's uh, certainly something that we um, overlook sometimes at the quarterback position. So I think that's been through two weeks. I know he's put up numbers. I know that they're winning and that's that things like that. But like from a, from a progression standpoint, like the kid is, is uh, like still on the ascent, I think. And someone in the chat asked about him comparing to comparing him to Michael Van Buren at St. Francis. And it's tough because Van Buren is playing um, with St. Francis, which is a different like talent level across the board. And he's playing against better teams. They played Shaman on Madonna this weekend. Um, but Grunk easily 
look better than than Michael Van Buren. And I think his his progression is still on the up. And Van Buren, as a sub six foot quarterback, is 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 a guy that's kind of leveled off quite a bit. And you know, he was out there the other day. He made some ill advised throws and and some things that we could pick apart. Obviously, um, still a very good quarterback. Um, I don't think he's close to what ESPN has him, but he's still a very good quarterback. I just I think Grunk has come further in the last year. And that's uh, that's a testament to the work that he's put in. So um, excited to see him continue his ascent. And uh, yeah, if, you, if you're Penn State fans, you're probably pretty happy with the way that that one's turned out so far. Yeah, and just some of the things I wrote this weekend uh, after watching his film kind of from the, the stream angle, there were a couple of throws that seemed less of a clean game than week one. But then watching Ryan always appreciate when you go out and you get the the you know your perspective on the games and, and the video you bring back because you saw some of the the throws I mentioned throwing to his right he seems to overthrow a little bit that was kind of a part of his uh perspective last year but then you look at one of the throws and there's a linebacker underneath he's trying to thread it you know trying to layer it I think the tight end maybe could have made a better attempt of jumping and timing his jump so there's mitigating circumstances and then one of the go balls where he misses the the receiver literally his arm can't move because the guy is giving him an arm bar so that timing on that was messed up in terms of that deep ball so even watching some of these plays there's mitigating circumstances on on a couple of his throws because accuracy i've said is his superpower and not the completion percentage you'd expect but um there's reasons for that when you dive into the tape as well so another great game from ethan grunkmeyer uh you mentioned the s zone you mentioned all the stuff coming up this weekend boom 50% off for your yearly subscription at bluewhiteillustrated.com. That's going on this week. It's our kickoff sale. So if you haven't taken the dive yet, there's a bunch of people watching here live on YouTube on Monday morning. We have thousands of people that watch on replay. If you haven't done it yet, it it's 50 bucks at this point. Like you, you spend 50 bucks accidentally sometimes. Go get the best Penn State football information uh, on the internet, bluewhiteillustrated.com, because we're not going to be getting to all the names coming up this weekend. We're not going to be getting to all the conversations and all the intel that we have about these football players that we saw over the weekend. Fitz, I'm coming back to you. I don't. I know that you were watching Malachi Williams last time we talked. Uh, I don't know who else you got to see this weekend. So uh, give us your, your, your impression of how Malachi Williams um, did, and then who else did you watch this weekend, if anybody else? Oh, Malachi, uh, playing in Ireland uh, with the uh, the commentary was fantastic. I enjoyed that. Um, a big chunk of his game was missing, which is the part where he had the two sacks, but seven tackles, two sacks against the NFL Academy. The NFL Academy is, I believe, based in London. Um, they've had guys that come over and uh, and play, get scholarships. Uh, the, uh, the name escapes me off the top of my head, but they had a tight end going to Temple. I think he's a really good player. He was. I saw him at uh, Under Armour a couple of years ago. The dude popped his uh, thumb out and uh, kept playing and it was a testament to uh, the way that he uh, the way that he approaches the game so they've got some good ones um, an offensive lineman just picked up a Clemson offer so there, there's some legitimate talent on that team uh, Williams looked very good um, he's just so quick in and out and I know he's added about 20 pounds this offseason so he is uh, he's playing bigger uh, there, there were a bunch of instances where there were fumbled snaps or there were you know missed uh, missed handoffs or something like that but Williams was there to clean it up. That was good. And I almost had a pick as well. So um, a good start. Uh, anytime you go to Ireland to open your season, it's it's going to be a change for you. But they, they seem to have adjusted well, um, won their first game of the season there in a, in a pretty cool kickoff uh, kickoff uh, environment there uh, surrounding the Notre Dame Navy game this weekend that we're not going to talk about. So um, good start for Malachi Williams. I'm excited to see um, his progression from week one to week two, but a really, really good start. He's just... He's so quick. He's got the length. Uh, he's just, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the, prog the progress that he makes.
because he was lights out of camp this year. Um, and when he's just going to rush the passer, and he, and he played the run pretty well, put up a few clips on my Twitter. Um, but when he's rushing the passer, there's there's not too many that can you know get there as quickly as him. So excited to see the the, the progress that he makes in the next couple of weeks when he starts playing Pennsylvania teams. And uh, it's uh, I think there's a lot to like there with uh, with Mr. Williams. A couple guys that I was seeing a little closer to home than Ohio or Dublin, Ireland. I checked out Central Catholic. Uh, they had uh, their game on the internet as well. Peter Gonzalez, I think it was just two catches, but both were touchdowns, and one of them was like a 60- or 50-yard bomb. Uh, so that, that Central Catholic offense is fast. They have a lot of players. I know you guys were talking about how good they were going to be watching them in 7-on-7 seven seven this uh, this winter and this spring. Whew. They, they, they have a lot of targets. They spread the ball around. So he only had four targets in the game, um, but he caught two passes for a t two touchdowns, including one that was uh, a really impressive get-behind-the-defense sort of play. And he's just comically larger than everybody else. Like, that's not anything. That's a surprise. Uh, and then Anthony Specca, wh when he is on and he knows where to go, and this is what you saw last year, like he is an explosive athlete, very quick first step, um, good speed, and... It, kind of one of those heat-seeking missile-type players that you make the guidance system still needs some calibration. There was a couple plays where pulls himself out of position because he's so aggressive going towards the offensive line in run support, um, and that caused some issues uh, elsewhere. But you look at what he's got in terms of uh, his, his confidence, his explosiveness, and his coverage ability, all of those things that you saw last year, uh, improved in certain areas, um, but kind of the fundamental baseline of who Anthony Specca was as a player uh, is pretty similar to what it was last year, but both of those guys look very good in a blowout win. So, again, if you want to check out my recap of those guys, I also watch Grunkmeyer, uh, bluewhiteillustrated.com. We had that coverage this past weekend. Fitz, did you did you get to anybody else? I, I, I apologize if you didn't. I just want to make sure you had a chance to wrap up with anything else. I saw some shorter stuff on John Mitchell, uh, who had a good game. Antoine Belgrave shorter had an interception last weekend. John Mitchell was, was in the mix this weekend so i didn't there, there wasn't the full game that i found i watched some of uh the woodlands uh in texas to look at keandre barker and then realized about a quarter in that barker was not playing he's got a transfer issue he said he's probably going to be good to go this week so i'm excited to see how that goes boy texas football man that is that's different right there like it was a uh, different production value different with the uh, just everything was was big time and which is you know varsity blues etc uh, but uh that's it was it was crazy to see the difference between the production like that and the production after coming off of the uh uh bonner prendy uh, nfl academy game in ireland so which i believe missed a quarter and a half because it was raining on the stream <laughs> so, a little bit different in texas uh barker's team could have used them uh they played north shore and north shore was really good like first play of the game big play you know just like like the, those guys it, it was really interesting watching the bit that i did on the texas teams and then watching like saint francis chaminade like these texas teams are machines they are so well coached they they know exactly what they're doing they I think they do the thing where they run the same scheme from peewee all the way up to high school and then you get to the the big schools that like the talent acquisition schools the coaching is is not there like in in, in and that's Exciting for some prospects because some prospects still have um, a surface to be scratched, um, but it's just interesting to juxtapose 
Texas versus kind of the rest of the country. So that was interesting to watch. Um, yeah, like I said, Barker is supposed to play next week. Um, but other than that, yeah, that's that we're just getting into the season. I know Messiah Mickens had a big day for Trinity. Um, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of those short tosses and swing passes and run very far because he's uh, he, he's pretty good. So the 2026 commit Penn state's latest commit is uh, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, he just toasted central Pennsylvania competition. Uh, Lots of yards yes. <laughs> based on the highlight video. Uh, Ryan, you spoke with Mickens previously. Another one of those things you can read over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. If you sign up for 50% off your yearly subscription, I believe you can also get the dollar deal. You can get a dollar for a month, but I mean, like, come on, get, get the the deal is getting half off on a season long subscription. So just if you don't mind, given the, the big impressions and takeaways from talking to Messiah uh, previously this weekend. All right. Well, first off, one, the tight end, Sean, you were thinking of Peter Clark from England, that's which, it. by the way, that's English, like the most yes. English name ever. Peter Clark. Yeah, it's, it's got an uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, Two, did, did, uh, I promise you, Frank, I'll get the Mickens. Two, uh, Imitep. 87 to nothing over Life Christian. I think we have to mention that. Uh, they were winning nice. 60 to nothing, I think, at halftime. So uh, I'm happy I did not go down to that game. We will see them here soon. Don't worry. Uh, but getting to Mickens, I mean, the two big things from Mickens' conversation, one, I, which I kind of hit on in the Jordan Hill um, interview that we did and then on last week's podcast, just how much Mahdi and Jordan Hill have impacted uh, this early decision. I mean, I think it's a massive reason why. I mean, he, I think he always wanted to go to Penn State. That would have been clear even if Jordan wasn't the coach. But I don't think he would be committed right now if, if he wasn't around Mahdi and, and Hill and, and just kind of seeing the impact that Penn State's had on those guys. Uh, and then, two, the other big takeaway was just his relationship with Lex Cyrus and Elias Koch. Uh, those three would all be playing together at Susquehanna Township if they didn't decide to to make different moves uh, on their way up to varsity high school football. So I, I can only imagine what a what a team with uh, Mickens, Lex Cyrus, and Elias Coke all on the same team uh, would look like. Uh, but those I mean those guys are very close with Mickens. I mean they re they remain good friends. He says he he talks to them uh, both almost every day. So those are obviously relationships to keep an eye on. Uh, we talked a little bit about Maurice Barnes too over at McDevitt and and his relationship with Mickens. Uh, so I just think that the main thing uh the biggest thing i kind of learned from that uh q a was really how close he is with some of these other central pa guys obviously sean uh you and i've been talking about for a little while now that 2026 harrisburg class is gonna rank up there among probably one of the better ones we've seen over the last decade so uh we'll, we'll be talking about that a ton here in the weeks ahead once again years ahead <laughs> i uh i'm beating a dead horse here but sign up 50 percent off bluewhiteillustrated.com to get all that information uh we talked about where you're going to stay for the game. But do you have tickets? You got to have tickets to get in the game. And our guy, Ticksman Jim, back for season two on the Blue White Illustrated BWI live show. Join the most exciting atmosphere in college football with Ticksman Jim. It is a primetime game, 730, which is why it's such a, one of the reasons, I should say, not the only reason, one of the reasons, such a great list we're going to get to next. But if you've been looking for a reliable source of Penn State football tickets, TicksmanJim.com. And he's been doing this for so long, he has a he has an alias, formerly PSUTixman.com. He's been running his ticket exchange in Wilmington, Delaware for over 25 years. Every buyer is handled with courtesy and respect. Every ticket purchase is guaranteed. That's a big deal because you're in the online secondary market, sometimes you can get a little shady. This is a reputable business that's been around for 25 years. Most every ticket is transferred to your Ticketmaster email address, and proceeds are used to fund the PSU AA Chapter Scholarship Fund and the PSU Levi Lamb Fund for athletic scholarships. Get your tickets to the home opener right now. Ticksmanjim.com, Iowa. 
the Whiteout, Homecoming, Michigan, all the games in this 2023 season that is uh, promising to be one of the most exciting in the last, uh, you know, 10 years of Penn State football. TixmanJim.com or email Jim at Tixman at TixmanJim at gmail.com or call him 302-521-8380. Give you that again. 302-521-8180. We will be back with your list, the list. Well, at least part of it about who's going to be at the West Virginia game after this. Are you a company that is passionate about athletics and wants to tap into the Penn State sports community? Maybe you're a community organization in State College, Center County, Pennsylvania, or even Planet Earth. Are you interested in growing your brand and leveraging our YouTube and podcast platform? Or are you just a person that has some money to spend? If you're any of those things, or something I didn't bring up just now, consider advertising on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube show. We have a dedicated and passionate audience that is just waiting to hear from you. Through, through me, talking about your business on the show. That, that's how we do it. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, email Michelle Delee Hamilton at Michelle at ComanPub.com. That's Michelle at ComanPub.com. We're waiting to hear from you through me talking about you again. That's how we do it. The list, gentlemen, <laughs> just going to breeze right on by that. <laughs> Ryan, you're muted. <laughs> when did you make that commercial? I didn't even know. Good job, man. Oh, we made that months ago. I've, I've, I just I play it on the other shows where you guys aren't available because I don't want to scare you guys because I know that this is I don't want to like throw you off in the middle of the show. So, that was, I, uh, but it's the Greg, season. That was Greg pushing <laughs> Nate on the chair through the office, right? That was uh, <laughs> yeah. in the, the B-roll there. You can do amazing <laughs> things with uh, free stock footage if you are willing to commit to absolute cheese. So that's what we got here. But the good stuff, okay. you know, cheese, a little bit of salt. But here's the good stuff. You guys have been following along, getting the inside information about who's going to be at this game, who's going to see Penn State's opening game of the 2023 season. So I'm. Uh, this is the part of the show I turn over to you guys and just sit back and listen to what you guys have to say. Um, Fitz uh, and Ryan, who's coming to the game? Who do you want to highlight? It was a very big list. Uh, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Ryan's latest list uh, went up yesterday with some, I think, four more confirmations from offered prospects. We're not going to get into them all here on the podcast, but um, we every year we kind of see the regulars start to show up, and that, those are mostly in-state guys. And, and this week is going to be heavily in-state and in-region. Uh, you're just starting your season if you're a junior, sophomore, junior, senior prospect. So, like, you want to stay close to home. Um, some guys have film in the morning. The night game makes it a little bit easier to get there. On top of that, the Tom Lemming photo shoot is back in town. And if you follow recruiting, you kind of know that wherever Tom goes, uh, there's a decent amount of regional following. Um, with guys that come and get interviewed, get their picture taken. And it just so happens that it falls on the day of the Penn State-West Virginia game. Crazy how these things work out, I know. Um, so in that case, they're going to have a lot of regional guys, including some PA guys that are familiar names. Uh, Michael Carroll um, is a guy that uh, you know we've looked at as a, as a legacy prospect, offensive lineman, came to camp a couple of times this summer, looked really good. Again, one of those guys on the, uh, on the improvement list in the last year, interior prospect, but uh, has got that size. And that's an interesting thing while I'm talking about that um, is Penn State has gotten bigger across the board, and they now have guys that I think Carroll would have been a tackle four years ago. 
for Penn State. Like that's that's the kind of size transition that they've made. Um, even though he's an interior prospect, but you're not you're no longer straight playing guards at tackles. Sometimes it happens, obviously, but at the same time, um, you you're looking at guys like Garrett Sexton, Egan Boyer, um, guys that actually have tackle frames, which means that you can get the big guards and make them big guards, which which really helps. Um, so that's uh, been cool to watch. Uh, going down the Pennsylvania list, Deshaun Burnett is another guy that's name. If you follow Penn State recruiting, you should be pretty familiar with uh, out of Pittsburgh. Um, he's going to have the, uh, you know, he came to Penn State last year and picked up, I think his first offer was from Penn State at uh, camp. But uh, linebacker is going to be very interesting in the 2025 class. Burnett's a guy that I can see, you know, if Penn State, uh, you know, really pushes for. It seems like it makes sense. Uh, I'll go next to Brady O'Hara um, in Pittsburgh as well. Uh, kid had, a, I think, an 80-yard touchdown catch the other day. Really, really good athlete at 6'6", 240. Curious to where he sits on the tight end board because Penn State has recruited tight end like very few uh, programs in the country have been able to, like top, top guys. Um, so curious to see if he could play defensive line. Can he play offensive line? Is he a tight end that can fit into this room? That's a very good question. You could say the same about Taquai Hayes uh, from Aliquippa. Really, really good running back, like really good running back. But Penn State's recruiting great running backs right now. So Junior film will be big for those guys. Um, O'Hara, Hayes, and uh, I think they would take Hayes, or excuse me, O'Hara right now. Hayes a little bit more cloudy with Keandre Barker on uh, on the uh, commit list right now in 2025. So, but Penn State's got some good options. The um, the class is far from finished in the class of 2025. We're going to see a lot of junior film. Guys will go up, guys will go down. That's just part of the process. But so far, a pretty solid start in state for Penn State. Ryan, what do you got? Well, we have to also mention Joshua Williams, I think, who is certainly up there with Carroll, I think, is one of the, the better offensive linemen in PA. Um, let's see. We mentioned Hayes. I mean, outside of PA, I'm trying to think who – I mean, DJ McClary, I think. I mean, you mentioned, Sean, the linebackers in 2025. I mean, McClary and – and Burnett, I mean, they really seem to me like if I'm picking two guys to end up in this class right now, like they they both make a lot of sense there. So I think getting DJ back is, is pretty big because did, did DJ get here this summer? I don't think that he did. He I thought it was actually here this summer. summer. He was here in the winter and he was part of that group where coming out of a junior day, we heard Jalen Matthews, Omari Gaines, and DJ McClary was that third name. And then after the first two committed i was like eh, maybe i should put in a pick maybe this guy that i'm talking to knows what he's talking about with dj mcclary so he hasn't been back but uh, getting him back on campus is, is big penn state's gonna be heavy on outside linebackers next year not not like they're gonna take five of them but like after this class with kari jackson with anthony specka and you don't know what's gonna happen at uh, outside linebacker in 2024 you're gonna have to uh, go back and revert back to recruiting outside in uh, when you're talking about linebackers in the next class Right. So you also have Michael Thomas, that another New Jersey prospect who shaping up to be, I think, kind of a fringe four star guy, high three star, low four star. We'll see uh, where things shape up there. Um, but he's certainly high on the staff's board. And then you also have Kanoa Winston, of course, the Winstons. We I think we talk about Winston for seven straight podcasts, whether it's we get this or Winston reference in every show. Just it's right. It's a drinking game these days. Ma mandatory. Yeah. So we'll see with with Winston as well. Uh, like as Sean's hit on a couple of times, you know, a little bit a little bit under six foot. So how does that impact him? I don't think it'll impact him a whole lot. Uh, Penn State seems to be pretty high on him, but uh, as Sean and and I've hit on multiple times, junior season film will have a big impact there. Um, and then you got a couple guys from outside. I don't want to say totally outside the region. Trey McNutt, of course, is is from Ohio, but uh, I think a lot of people 
I uh, think the Buckeyes are going to be a, a major player there. Uh, but he's, I think, the highest rated guy coming to this game right now. 60th in the country by on three. And he's pretty much a top 100 prospect everywhere or just right outside uh, top 100 at, uh, at Rivals, I believe. But uh, six foot 180, likely to be a defensive back, I believe. Sean, am I right with that? Is he a DB? I think he's going to be a DB for Penn State. Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, because we just have him as an athlete here. And I know, I think one or two other schools, I think maybe it's Michigan likes him as a, an offensive player. I, I read that somewhere, somewhat recently. But um, And then TJ Alford as well, linebacker out of Texas. We've hit on him, or excuse me, linebacker out of Florida. Uh, another another top 100 player, uh, pretty much on, on, on all the all the major sites. And getting him up would be uh, pretty important, man. As, as Sean said, outside linebackers are going to be a very – very important spot for Penn State uh, in this upcoming class. But uh, right now, list is at 52, 53, I believe, shaping up to be another one of those 100-plus players. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if we'll be able to confirm 100-plus players, but I, I could certainly see this getting up to 70 or so, maybe 80 or so uh, by the end of the week because uh, we, we still have a lot of guys we're trying to, to, trying to confirm. Uh, not to not to brag here, but we have a lot of new subscribers to Blue White Illustrated's YouTube channel. If you're watching the show, you're having a great time. Please like the video and subscribe because we got tons of com uh, content coming up for you this year, including a live tailgate show uh, three hours before kickoff coming up on Saturday. Myself and former Penn State defensive tackle Aeneas Williams are going to be live on the YouTube channel and at 99.5 The Bus locally in State College. We'll be in front of the BJC out in the tailgate atmosphere so join us and have a good time uh that's coming up three hours before kickoff we got a 90 minute show for you all that stuff here at the youtube channel but my point before i got into the promo ryan was we've we've discussed this previously but for all the people that are new to the recruiting conversation night game generates an opportunity to have a list like this right mm -hmm. no for sure i mean it's it's look if everybody's playing on friday night and you have a noon game and you got to get to state college and you're in Baltimore. Well, that's a lot more tricky uh, when you got to wake up early. And, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of kids don't like waking up early. Let's be honest about that. And, and parents don't always want to do that after a late high school game as well. So uh, I think that's always been a point of contention with the whole big noon kickoff. And uh, there's other reasons for that, too, as I know, all the fans uh, roll their eyes right now when it when it comes to tailgating and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, but no, for for state college specifically, no doubt about it. Uh, James is a big fan of, of having as many night games as he can for recruiting reasons. So uh, I would expect 100 for this. I would expect probably 100 for Iowa as well. Uh, and, and, hey, man, having those two games early in the season is massive too uh, because of the expectations this year, because of what they've done in the previous class. You know, there's a lot of reasons for players to be excited about Penn State right now. Uh, so when you have two marquee games in the first, was it four weeks of the season, five weeks of the season, uh, I think that that should bode well as, as far as getting guys on campus. So um, already working on the Iowa list. We've only got a handful of guys for that. We'll, we'll save that conversation for another day. If it's uh, the first month of the season, we talk about how a lot of uh, some of these final spots in the class of 2024, we're going to go into the season. If Penn State starts out hot, they've got these primetime games. Could you see guys pull the trigger or is this just a situation where it's going to go into December and these situations, they're not going to resolve themselves with a hot start? Um, a hot start will help. I mean, I, I don't think there's any getting over that. It's not, it's never one game one way or the other strong, but uh, you know, when you, when you, I guess, start the wave that kind of gets people's attention. So I think that having the opening game with West Virginia and then th 
uh, four weeks later, having the whiteout game with Iowa, it gives you a chance to sort of double take if you're a prospect and be like, oh, that's that wasn't even a whiteout. And that was the atmosphere that I missed at West Virginia. Maybe I should check out the whiteout and see what it's going to be like. So I think that that's going to help. Um, I, I think that a lot of it will go into film because that during that same stretch between the West Virginia game and the Iowa game, guys are going to have three or four weeks of film, uh, mm-hmm. senior film. And so wide receiver, maybe outside linebacker, offensive line, they're always going to look, of course. Um, so there are positions that are still out there. I know Ryan talked to uh, Ethan Grunkmeyer the other night, who seemed to be pretty convinced that Penn State had was close to wrapping things up in the offensive side of the ball. But they got a big recruiting staff, and those guys don't really sleep very well. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what new names arise, because there will be new names that arise. Like it's, I don't know if it will be – new names in the sense that it's a completely brand new offer uh, in another part of the country, which always happens. Um, and I'm sure it'll happen this time. Or if it's a guy that they were looking at that they were like, not as hot on, maybe they didn't have the data that they wanted to have. And this guy's coming out and lighting it up. So it be interesting to see over the first couple of weeks of September, which direction this staff goes in terms of following guys, especially at the receiver position. I think that you look at the Penn state class of, of 2024, and that's still a spot where they would like to address something and get something uh, next level, like uh, they've got they've got some good receivers committed, but like at the same time, it's not a situation where like any one dude is that dude, you know. So I think that that's that's what I'm looking at in in those two positions or that position and outside linebacker are definitely ones that uh, that come up because you can find athletes that are uh, encourage that, that have encouraging um, profiles that you're going to keep keep watching, and I think you can throw edge in, in there as well. Uh, Ryan, that's it for me today, guys. So if you've got some other things you want to discuss, you know, we got a couple minutes here left on the show. Ryan, any final thoughts uh, about what's coming up this weekend or maybe some thoughts about the high school class to what you saw this past weekend? Not, not really. I mean, I think we, we hit on most of it. Um, I need to go back and watch. I got back at three in the morning. So I'll, I'll be honest by Saturday was kind of a wash. <laughs> it was a lot, it was a little lazier than I, than I, I had hoped to be as far as watching film and, and recapping, you know, a lot of guys haven't put out their huddle films yet. So, so we'll do a lot of that today. Uh, recapping stats. I was trying to get some stats on Ty Sear and Kenny Wosley and haven't been able to find much from, from the Emmett game. I know they absolutely romped there. So, um, but no, we, we have an interview coming up with Grunk Myers coach today. Uh, that was a, a good talk that we had while I was out there. So look for that. And I already have another confirmation for the West Virginia game, a good, good looking tight end prospect that we'll have up. So a couple of things to keep an eye on here in the next couple of hours. These men never sleep. They constantly are work machines. I did Thank Saturday. <laughs> I did Saturday actually, but yeah. Well, appreciate all your hard work this weekend, and uh, we'll be looking forward to what comes out of um, this coming Saturday, but we got plenty of stuff coming up before then. Don't forget James Franklin's press conference coming up tomorrow. We also have a special interview with Curtis Jacobs. He came back uh, to discuss training camp and preview West Virginia. That is going to be a special edition of the BWI YouTube show coming up 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. So we've got uh, five shows the, all the way through the week. Get you ready for the game. The hype train is on the tracks. We'll be back tomorrow with more. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>